Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. do apologize that this episode is a day late, because it was supposed to be uploaded on Saturday. However, here we are on Sunday, and it's um, going up today instead of Saturday. So, the reasoning for that is... Because there must have been some sort of uh, all-night party at my house, hosted by someone, not me. And unfortunately, um, it's it's to my detriment that I wasn't able to record basically anything happening at that time. And I would prefer not to record Whenever there's people in my living room, which I kind of live beside of, you know, just, it, it's, it's a little strange to say the least at times, but nonetheless, we are here in the flesh for the next strike on WWE episode. So, um, we're looking at season seven of AEW. Uh, it was canonically their 20th episode. Their 20th episode <clears throat> on uh, AEW Dynamite that took place on TNT. And we've got a lot of great uh, wrestling action lined up for you tonight. Is that a squirrel outside my window? It's climbing the side of my house. Oh my god. I just seen a set of squirrel nuts and I don't know how to feel about it. I, I'm scarred for life. And, um, you know, it's, this was a bad time to record, I guess. Uh, they're hairy little furry nuts, too. I mean, I don't know how else to, I don't know how else to describe them other than just to say exactly, oh man, they've got, they've got moles on them. Hopefully that's not tumor, that's not cancerous, you know, tumorous or whatever. <clears throat> anyway, um, aside from the squirrel nuts that you just got done witnessing, or for that matter, it, my description of the witness of the squirrel nuts, <clears throat> dick jokes aside, there's a... If you haven't already then maybe you want to go over to a link in the description, redbubble.com, um, <clears throat> so that you can come and uh, maybe check out some merchandise that I may or may not be selling. What's that? You didn't know this? my recording froze, and I do not know why. You didn't know that I was selling r coasters, duvets, blankets, Throw pillows, socks, mini skirts, 
All of these, by the way, are uh, authentic designs that were um, somewhat created by me. Me personally, I like the kaleidoscope design that I made, which makes it look like that you're looking through a kaleidoscope. Imagine having a pair of socks that look as though that you're looking into a kaleidoscope every time. And, um, <clears throat> like I said, they're all authentic designs. They're all, um, designed by yours truly. Look at that. Uh, Damon John, the guy who owns that, uh, one, he's, he's one of the sharks from Shark Tank, but the guy who owns that one, um, clothing brand, Fugal or Fumal or whatever it was called, he's got nothing on me. Nothing. You want to know why? Because his business went out of business. My business is still booming. So Damon John, Damon, m m my friend, if you ever, you know, want to come and work, you can come and work for me. Just throwing that out there. Uh, despite me flexing on a uh, former millionaire, or maybe he's still a millionaire, I'm not sure. Now that I've got all my e-bagging out of the way, maybe it's time that I start the show. And there's that squirrel again with its nuts in my face. Well, I mean necessarily not in my face. I'm going to put that in air quotes, but it's it's kind of, they're kind of in my face because... I'm looking out the window and see a set of squirrel nuts. I hope that my cat fucking eats that squirrel. Somebody called the ASPCA. Anyway, episode 20 of Dynamite on TNT. And the first match is a battle royal uh, for a shot at the face of... I'm sorry, for a shot to face the AEW Tag Team Champions at the next pay-per-view. Remember to... If you haven't already followed me on Twitter, go ahead and uh, do that. Just follow me on Twitter. Thanks so much. And also on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram posts are recently dead just because there's this... There's just these spam accounts that keep following me, and I know what they're used for, you know, because I watch YouTube, and because I've educated myself. Um, for those of you who don't know, they're used to... It's something very, very illegal. So, I just prefer to block them, because mass reporting them I don't really have time to do that but I would prefer it if they didn't try to rope me into their circle of what it is that they're trying to do <clears throat> because I want no part of it look out on Instagram for the um people who uh might have the letter M, as in like, you know, munchies or, or, uh, mankini, I don't, I don't know, you know, macho man, M, mmm, tastes good, 
you know. But um, if you was to find these people, um, and if you watch YouTube, the same channels that I watch, like uh, Predator Poachers, um, watching these people get captured on for doing illegal activities online that have to do with soliciting children for, you know, certain things. Well, it turns out that they're not talking to uh, it's just because my Instagram is dead, that's why we're having this conversation, but it turns out that they're not talking to who they, they believe that they're talking to, an underage child, but in reality they're not. Anyway, some of these people actually are, and they're, they're in these, you know, pedophile rings, and, um, in some cases, selling, you know, child onography, you know, um, and I just prefer to stay away from all of that, so until I can block and basically get them away from my Instagram, then I'm not going to, I'm not sure why they decided to follow me, doesn't make sense, you know, but if you would like to support those individuals who go out and catch all these uh, creeps, then perhaps look on YouTube for uh, one of them that I watch a lot is DAP, Dads Against Predators, so D-A-P. Uh, another one that I watch a lot is, um, I don't know, he's on a lot of channels, but uh, Southwest, I think his name is Southwest uh Texas predator poachers that might be a mouthful for or even to type it in would be but at this point I'm just ranting about nothing you know but that's why I'm not posting on Instagram it here on my notes I told myself to plug my Instagram <clears throat> but it's just because I can't get away from these guys sometimes show up in my DMs and then ask me if I want to buy their product, which may or may not be, like, pictures of children. Anyway, even if that's the case, that's neither here nor there. There's multiple teams involved in the Battle Royal, as I spoke of before, uh, so many that I can't list them all. There were actually only 10 teams, and I wasn't able to list them all because, y you know, the cameraman won't exactly, like, and Justin Roberts didn't exactly, like, name off every team member is what confused me. Like, if there's a wrestling match, you would figure that, that they would at least get proper introductions, and they probably did do the introductions just off camera, you know, because the match opens with everyone waiting for the bell to ring so that they could run inside the ring. Usually they're already inside the ring and the bell rings and then and then um, they start throwing each other over the top rope or whatever. <clears throat> but there were so many teams represented that I just decided, okay, I'm not going to be able to do enough research to be able to uh, make a list of N plus my notes, they're already full, so there's no point in me trying to fill them and then say, and Hedico was a part of this team, and so was 
um, Jurassic Express, and so was the Elite, and so was the Lucha Bros, you know, like, there's no point in me actually naming off, so I thought that I'd just give the highlights of what happened once it got down to, like, the last four or five members of said team. <clears throat> But, for the sake of long time storytelling, they did a really good job with this match. <clears throat> with this contest. I can't list them all here. Feeling like I'm going to miss any. So I'm going to refrain from listing any so that we can save time. And on the note taking process as well. Here in the show, I'll just report some of the highlights and some of the matches closing. Such as SCU getting eliminated uh, doing to someone distracting them and telling them that the, quote, exalted one is approaching. Then Superkick Party takes off their head. <clears throat> and it was a Superkick Party, by the way, that I wasn't invited to and I'm mad about it. Even though I wouldn't want to get my head taken off by a super kick that just comes out of nowhere and knocks me outside the ring. <clears throat> There's a wolf outside my... Holy crap. It's outside my bedroom. Oh my god. Look at the nuts on that thing. This is really... I mean, they're like kaleidoscope nuts, you know? Speaking of kaleidoscopes, if you would like to have a pair of kaleidoscope nuts, maybe you want to pick up my merchandise. This episode has just become one big advertisement. <clears throat> some of this some of this match uh at around the uh 4 to 5 and a half minute mark uh, feels like a monkey is controlling the camera. The cameraman uh, and producer only paid for one camera angle tonight. And it's the worst possible camera angle, if that. So they got like this wide shot, right? And it's just of the ring. And you can almost barely see any of the competition that's happening but the producer whoever's controlling the camera up in the truck that they've got uh the production truck he seems to not know what other camera angles to go for you know because everyone's in the ring and no one's practically getting any camera shot you're just getting this wide shot of the entire arena and for that matter, sometimes you'll see someone throw a fist or, or Irish whip their opponent into uh, the, the turnbuckle post. Sometimes you'll see what looks to be a, a wrestling match. <clears throat> we get a beautiful spot rally back and forth between uh, Luchasaurus and the Butcher and a hoss fight between the two powerful men, which <clears throat> Lucius Horus is like 6'1", 270 pounds. You know, the butcher is maybe uh, 5'11", 
you know, there's the difference between like 5'11 and 6'1, but, you know, is maybe almost six feet. He's like 5'11 and a half, and um, he's possibly weighs more than than the Luchasaurus. If, if Luchasaurus is 275, then uh, the Butcher has to be at least 325, you know, because he's a big boy. <clears throat> He is, uh, just big and hairy, you know, <laughs> let's just put it that way, and, um, you know, you just see these two just trading shots, trading shots back and forth, and this is finally where the camera actually zooms in to see, you know, some of the actual teams that are being represented here on this, uh, competition that we're watching <clears throat> Sammy Guevara comes out um and uh trips Jungle Boy on the apron while Sammy wasn't directly involved uh in the match or the finish of the match he did do something to get while he wasn't uh, really involved in the finish of the match he did do something uh, that's a little uncharacteristic of what AEW actually does, which is to interfere on a match before it was even over, despite it being what was somewhat of a notice qualification setting, because the only rule was that they started at the beginning of the contest, was that, that they stated at the beginning of the contest is that you had to Put both men, so basically if you're representing a team, both members of that team had to be thrown over the top rope before, like, and I wrote that down because it's very uncharacteristic of AEW to do something of that nature, to have someone like Sammy Guevara come out and then trip uh, someone like Jungle Boy, like Guevara did, um... So, I'm not used to seeing that from AEW. Usually, they wait until after the match is over. Then, they do the run-in and the, the, the beat-down, if you will. Sammy Guevara, of course, of the inner circle. And he's really got nothing to do with this match, if you think about it. But he probably had a feud with, like, the Jungle Boy at this time. Because I remember there was a few people who really did a feud with the Jungle Boy. So that's probably why I tripped him. <clears throat> Once you are the last team standing, you will win said match. The Inner Circle, the Butcher, and the Blade, uh, the Best Friends, and the Elite are the only teams uh, remaining where there were uh, ten teams and now we're down to four. Momentarily, Trent Beretta does the famous spot uh, that he usually does with Chucky e. T, uh, uh, Chuck Taylor, except instead of doing it with Taylor, this time he does it with Matt Jackson. And the commentators say, "You got to get the, you got to give the people what they want, what they came to see." You know. Uh, with the familiar hug being by replacing Taylor with Matt Jackson. <clears throat> you know, that, that 
fucking hug that they do from halfway across the ring wherever they look at each other and then they just hug and then they embrace and and then after that um usually one of them usually it's um Beretta so in this case Beretta after he was done hugging um Matt Jackson because someone threw uh Chuck Chuck Taylor out of the ring right so uh Beretta went ahead and hugged uh Matt Jackson and then after he did that he just all of a sudden runs and then he runs again and then he uh runs and does like that that leapfrog that he usually does to the outside onto one of his opponents <clears throat> the winner the young bucks matt jackson be beating every uh beating every member of the inner circle to pick up the win for his team uh 3.5 out of 5 stars <clears throat> I was thrilled to watch this match. Uh, was really so fucking hot and entertaining. Almost a four-star match. You heard me say it. it. Was so fucking hot, and I'm I mean to spell hot like H A W T, you know, because it wasn't hot, you know. It was hot. You you, you hear where I'm coming from here? I'm Italian. I, I don't know whether I'm Italian or not. That's not that's not the point. I'm not trying to make fun of Italians. Please don't cancel me. Okay, so here's the next match on the card, and I was under the impression, <laughs> under the impression that um, Chris Statlander wasn't going to be a part of uh, this particular. Um, contest, or not contest, but the entire night, but she put on a pretty good performance. As we all know, Chris Statlander is currently out, um, or at least the last I heard of her, she was currently out with an injury to her leg, <clears throat> from what I understand. <clears throat> but this was back in 2020, I do believe, where Shanna versus Chris Statlander at this time uh, was ranked number two in the AEW's women, women's division. Fun fact, I've had di three different shout-outs from Chris Statlander, which of those, <clears throat> for those uh, are not aware, I'm proud I'm proud of the first two. The third one was not. I'm not proud of because for some reason I sent uh, no information, and instead of getting a refund, like if she would have, if she would have waited, not saying that it's Kristen Statlander's fault because she was just doing what. Oh, okay. Someone sent me a shout out request on Cameo. I might want to just go ahead and get that done. That's probably what she was thinking. But if she would have waited, I would have gotten a refund. If I didn't give her any information at all, if I bombed at all with that whole, um, the, the entire thing that I ended up doing, then she should have waited and then let me have my refund and then I could have paid for it again. However, she did not do that 
that's my fault, though. I should have maybe sent more information, and I thought that I did. The specific thing that I said on that particular cameo was, please give me a shout-out, O-N, on Twitter. But she didn't do that. Not only that, but I didn't even send my Twitter. But she said, I can't give your... In the shout-out itself, she said, I quote, I can't give you a shout-out... I can't give your Twitter a shout out, rather, <clears throat> because you did not provide it. And then I was like, oh, well, I meant like, you know, you've got like 700k followers, you know, could, do you mind sharing, you know? That's what I meant, but it's fine. It's not important. No need to get mad about it now. <clears throat> I'm proud of the first two and the third one I'm not so proud of for the reason that I sent no information. And instead of uh, getting a refund, she did the shout out to Hello Robert and said, uh, a shout out your Twitter, but I don't see your Twitter on here. I was mad, but shortly got over it. And <clears throat> I said to shout me out on O-N on Twitter. Not to shout out my Twitter. <clears throat> Chris Statlander bops the referee on the nose before the match even starts. So, apparently... Uh, now, I don't remember this... This Chris Statlander, but... She just keeps, like... You ever you ever bopped someone? Boop? Or whatever it's called. It's wherever you, you kind of, like... With your finger... To their nose, right? She did that to the referee... I did it to myself right now, and now I can hear my ears ringing. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Chris Statlander and Shanna, uh, with a great back and forth, uh, trading wrist locks and key locks on one another, and Statlander even doing cartwheels around her opponent, Shanna, she probably gets off six cartwheels, before doing a standing Rana to her opponent, then looks at her from the other side of the ring, emphasizing <laughs> to emphasize her, points at her standing. Oh, Statlander boops her opponent like in the corner. She gets so close, and then you can hear the crowd too. They're going, Oh. And then as she gets closer, she, the crowd goes, oh, <laughs> she's like booping her on the nose. Chris Statlander's just playing games with this woman. <clears throat> Shayna boops Statlander, but then they start booping each other back and forth. So they're in the middle of the ring, right? And it was like boop, 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 boop. Just, I guess, just pressing each other's noses. And the, the crowd is going wild, too. They're like, oh. And then whenever it stops, there's just a big, oh. I'm, I'm not sure why. So, you know, sporting events can be like that, though. You know, NASCAR, sometimes people will do the wave whenever... There's a, I guess, driver. How do you do a wave? In a, 
I mean, if I was in a NASCAR, just to say, and if I was in one of those stock cars or whatever, I would never take my hands off the wheels just to do a wave. But I mean, the crowd does the wave, and I'm not I'm not sure why. Anyway, it's not important. <clears throat> Uh, they probably uh, boop each other back and forth for a good 20 seconds until Shanna starts uh, pushing Statlander's uh, face inside of booping her. Instead, is what I meant to say. JR, now, here's here's the thing that gets me. Whenever the women are in the ring, don't, don't comment on their weight, okay? And as much as I wanted to, and trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I did want to, um go online and and find Jim Ross find his uh, barbecue sauce I couldn't um afford it unfortunately as most of you know I lost my job last week that's fine that's that's cool I have yet to tell a few people but anyway that's that's good it's it's on me not supposed to talk about you know Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens or express my um displeasure for them. No, it's it's the fact that I did. In, in a way, if you think about it, not to take away from this match or anything, but in a, in a way, if you think about it, this is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' fault. <laughs> because if they weren't so garbage, I wouldn't have to say things to the effect of gonna have to cook his children in a cauldron or something you know I wouldn't say stuff like that I wouldn't have to it wouldn't be that extreme because if he wasn't so trash I wouldn't have to say anything it's just that simple so in a way if you think about it this is Kevin Owens fault one day whenever I meet the little bastard maybe I could be like you cost me my job at Walmart, you know. <laughs> but um, someone with, with mental health issues would probably say something like that. You know, uh, point to the person who's, I'm going to put this in air quotes, indirectly responsible for that. <clears throat> it's all a matter of perception. It's all perception. But anyway, JR says on multiple occasions throughout the match um, that Statlander is, quote, 44 pounds bigger than Shanna. Please, for the love of evil or for fuck's sake, don't tell us weight of a woman if, if there's one thing you don't talk about women, it's weight and age. And I, I, I don't understand this, this... It's, it's one of those touchy, touchy to topics. T touchy, touchy topics that you're not supposed to really talk about. You know, you don't... You don't walk up to a woman, or for that matter, if even if you're on a commentary booth, with the... Like, you you can't with, with the whole, Hey, how much do you weigh, sweetheart? Hey, if I can guess your weight, can I have a first date? You know? No! Just, just stop! Stop what you're doing. Think to reevaluate your life. <clears throat> I don't know how else to say it, you know. 
Um, but there's a lot of guys, maybe they don't understand, but women work hard on their image. Unless you're a part of some reality TV show like My 600 Pound Life or, you know, something that has to do with, like, the world's fattest twins, I I just don't see why it's relevant that JR has to point out on three to four occasions, by the way, during this match, he talks about how Chris Statlander is the, quote, heavier of the two. Why is that relevant? It's, it's not relevant unless... So what? She's 44 pounds, or it's what JR says. She's 44 pounds um, more. Does He's the only one that's talking about it, too. The other two, three commentators don't even point that out. They're like, why is that relevant information? But they don't say that. You know, they don't, hey, stop. Stop knocking on her about her weight. They probably say that during a commercial break, you know, like, hey, uh, JR, stick to your notes, you know, don't. Mm mm. Mm mm. Sweetheart. Anyway, I'm, I'm done talking about it for, for now, but it just bugged me. Whenever he said it the first two times, I thought, you know what, I'll just let it go. But then he said it the third time as she was climbing the top turnbuckle. He said the heavier of the two women is climbing the top turnbuckle. And then I was like, why is that? You know what? (laughs) So, three strikes and you're out, JR. Uh, Several near three count near falls uh, after near fall. From Shanna Statlander with the quote her um, finishing maneuver, which I didn't know was her finishing maneuver, is called the Big Bang Theory to win. And I thought that it was a beautiful, entertaining contest. Obviously, the the crowd liked it too, especially the the booping. <laughs> I don't I don't know where she's getting that from, but it's. It's uh, entertaining, it's enjoyable, it's beautiful. I give it four out of five stars. Beautiful contest. I would totally recommend going and seeing Chris Statlander. And for that matter, I'm once I get the money, or for that matter, if I ever get the opportunity, I would love to, to maybe meet Chris Statlander and her, you know, uh, I guess according to JR, 44 pound thighs. Oh, brother. <clears throat> Nyla Rose, the AEW Women's Champion, uh, gets interviewed after they show a hype or a. Um, it's really not a hype package so much as it is a highlights package of Nyla Rose and uh, Riho. <clears throat> where Nyla Rose straight up disrespects Riho and basically says that she's trash and, you know, that's why she got beat last week and how she's not up to snuff or whatever else. 
and the crowd starts booing her, and for some reason she goes on a rant about how they're nothing more than worker bees, and she's the queen bee, and, you know, who are you, Little Kim? Like, calm down. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, Little Kim used to call herself, quote, the queen bee, and that's also what Nicki Minaj calls herself today, for whatever reason. And Nicki Minaj doesn't deserve to be called a queen. She sounds like a man whenever she talks. This is getting out of hand. But anyway, I'm not here to talk about Nicki Minaj or anyone else other than Nyla Rose, who's a big girl, you know. I mean, I just got done talking about how you shouldn't, you know. Look at me shooting myself in the foot. Ha ha! Ha ha! Well, I mean, she's a big girl. Statlander, however, I, I don't see being a big girl. I see her being a great competitor. But Nyla Rose, it looks like she's never walked on a treadmill in her life. <clears throat> and Riho is just as small as Statlander, if not... It would... It looks like Nyla Rose ate three Rehos. Let's put it that way. If a Reho was a uh, candy bar. And she's just a small Japanese girl. That's all that she is. Is Reho. And Reho did her damnedest. From the highlights that I've seen. To win her title. <clears throat> or retain her championship rather. And all of her attempts came up. A little short. Anyway, Riho gets, or I'm sorry, Nyla Rose gets about halfway through her interview spot, wherever she's talking to the crowd like they're a bunch of wimps, weaklings, and for that matter, um, not worth her time, which really confused me because Nyla Rose, I thought, was a face. I thought that she was like, oh yes, I respect everyone. Respect all around, you know, head pats all around and, and you know, uh, pats on the back. We're all women. We all deserve opportunities and stuff of that nature. Right after Chris Statlander gets done with her match, um, she comes out and she looks Nyla Rose in the eyes while they're talking to her. And Statlander does that boop that I was previously talking about except she doesn't do it to Nyla Rose she does it to the women's championship and the crowd once again getting into it with the oh oh so <laughs> then Big Swole comes out that is her name Big Swole comes out and gets up in Nyla Rose's face and starts flexing her her right arm I think it is and then says you don't think that I can handle you do you you don't think that I can handle you do you I say you make a move you make a move and I'm sitting there like okay okay we got the Jerry Springer show on full effect here and I mean <laughs> chairs were about to be thrown they had to bring security out it looked like it was about to break down <laughs> 
Big Swole and um, <clears throat> and Statlander standing beside of each other, basically watching Nyla Rose lose her mind because these two women came out and I guess just thought that they were just going to get all up in her grill and boop her. Well, that. Speaking of turning hill, why don't you guys, after you're done listening to this, go listen to the Hillbilly Hill, Ted Hill, the Hillbilly Hill, over on the Hill Truth podcast. <clears throat> we are a network of podcasters who uh, prefer to work together. And for that matter, if you like professional wrestling, then I'm sure you'll love the award-winning Hill Truth Podcast. Next up on the docket, we have Jeff Cobb facing off against John Moxley. Jeff Cobb is given a story of being Jericho's hitman, a bounty hunter of sorts, uh, someone who wants to put John Moxley down for good just because he paid just because he got paid to do so in all reality Jeff Cobb has been uh, the number one wrestler or one of the number one wrestlers rather in the independent scene for a long time as a point as of this point that this uh, episode that we're looking at was being recorded. <clears throat> Jericho and Guevara and Jake Hager all have front row seats. So the inner circle comes out basically and they show their tickets. Hey, we're the tickets. And as we know, Jericho is the champion at this time. He is Le Champion. And um, I guess he speaks French now. He gets to go ahead and sit down and... Uh, him, Guevara, and uh, Jake Hager all take a seat and um, they just uh, decide to watch the show, see what happens, see what transpires. <clears throat> uh, from a superplex to an unexpected small package pin for the win... Say that you've got. All right. I'm not doing that. It. Okay, so I was going to set up for yet another uh, merchandise plug. I was going to say that I had a wolf outside my window again, but I'm not I'm not going to do that. Look at the balls on that. Those are some big balls. And if you want to see some big balls, <laughs> You should definitely check out my merchandise because I've got big balling merchandise. <laughs> Link in the description. Or is it a description? Link in the bio. No, it's not a bio. It's not a description. If one is not a bio or a description, what is one? That is a good question. <clears throat> All 
Okay, so... Jericho mauls John Moxley after the match is over. Um, really entertaining and nice uh, pacing. I'm not really used to seeing John Moxley get beat up this bad, you know, because usually he's the one who's doing the beating up. Um, so it's kind it's kind of hard for me to um, picture. John Moxley getting manhandled like he did in this match despite him winning the match despite him winning the contest um so for me it was a little bit awkward seeing John Moxley get beat up as bad as he did but he ended up winning in the end and then after he wins um like I said Jericho Guevara and um Jake Hager all three had you know, front row tickets, they jump the barricade and start mauling, just basically taking just all of his frustrations out on his number one contender, because as I said, Jericho being the champion, of course he wants Moxley to be in terrible condition coming coming up on their uh, next pay-per-view revolution. <clears throat> <clears throat> And um, Jericho just starts beating the, the holy crap out of John Moxley. But Moxley ends up getting the last laugh in the end. Because Dustin Rhodes comes down to help Moxley. And then after that, um, the lights go out and Darby Allen shows up. And they're like, oh my god, Allen shows up and Darby's back again. And they've got this skateboard, and he's beating uh, Le Champion over up, upside the back with it. And Dustin Rhodes has <clears throat> Jake Hager, and um, Guevara tries to tries to get the uh, upper hand on on Darby Allen, but he's not able to because Darby Allen's got a skateboard, and he's beating people up with it. <clears throat> then Moxley gets up and he hits Jericho with a clothesline and the paradigm shift and they walk away they go to commercial break and whenever they come back it is now time for our co-main event <clears throat> because our main event is a steel cage match they claim that it's the first steel cage match in AEW history. But our our uh, match before that, which is a wonderful contest, by the way. And if I didn't already say it, uh, Moxley versus Cobb. Uh, three and a half out of five stars. Our tag team championships bout is on now as the Lucha Bros, uh, Penta Jr. and Ray Phoenix face off against Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, the champions. 
the referee must feel left out because Justin Roberts, uh, the announcer for this evening, just did a hell of a job giving these athletes the proper introduction that to hype them up. And whenever he gets to the referee, he gives him just the regular introduction uh, by saying, and your referee, and then, you know, Bryce Rumsberg. That's all that the referee gets. He doesn't get any special treatment. But whenever the superstars come out, they get pyro, they get hyped entrance music, they get the crowd to chant their name, you know. Cowboy shit chant before the bell rings. <laughs> cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Because, of course, cowboy shit. A beautiful back and forth. A beautiful back to back to back to back. Uh, Integuris from Ray Phoenix. Uh, and beautiful uh, teamwork from the Lucha Bros. This is awesome chance. Uh, tightrope walk kick. Kenny Omega in the face, then rebounds to do a Rana off the top rope, or off of the top, um, yeah, I guess it's still the top rope, off of the top rope, then Penta got hit with a beautiful moonsault by Hangman Adam Page from the top rope. <clears throat> False finish after Penta driver, he only gets a two count. <sighs> And after seeing the buckshot clothesline uh, where Adam Page hits Omega inadvertently only in not on purpose because the Lucha brother uh, Ray Phoenix had a counter up his sleeve to shove Omega into his own tag team partner of Adam Page. It was a well scouted counter, a beautiful Beautifully done by the challenger, uh, Ray Phoenix. Did a beautiful over-the-top uh, rope corkscrew crossbody onto Adam Page. A.W. Chance uh, by the passionate crowd. Uh, Kenny with a beautiful V-trigger. Uh, then throws looking to finish with the Tiger Driver 89 for a kickout for uh, Ray Phoenix. Then, off of a blind tag, Adam Page to pick up the victory and retain the championships. But that's not true at all. Adam Adam Page didn't get the... Okay, so I remember the close of the match, and it wasn't what I'm putting here on my notes. Uh, Adam Page got the blind tag, got the blind tag, rather, but... Um, <clears throat> Page wasn't the one who ended the match. It was Omega with the uh, with the V trigger. No, the Tiger Driver ninety eight. It says it right here. Yeah, yeah. I gave it five out of five stars. So that's another one for the books, ladies and gentlemen. Five out of five stars. Once again, I've lost count of how many that I've had. I hope that someone else is keeping track. But that's fine. You know, that's that's okay. <clears throat> they announce a great-looking match. Uh, they announce that Kenny Omega will face off against the Bastard Pac in a 30-minute Iron Man match, the first-ever Iron Man match of AEW's history. Uh, keep that in mind. We also recently looked at 
what must have been their second or uh, third Iron Man match <clears throat> that they've done. That match being uh, Brian Danielson versus MJF for the World Championship. Steel Cage match as uh, Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow. According to the hype package and according to the look behind how we got started here in this rivalry, uh, Cody Rhodes had to take 10 lashes on live television and after he couldn't get revenge on MJF, uh, despite him being in Cody Rhodes's hometown, he said he's not afraid uh, to... Oh, Cody Rhodes is in his own hometown. He's not afraid uh, to be the underdog. And <clears throat> this is what, if this is what it takes to get MJF in a wrestling match at the Revolution pay-per-view, then that's what's going, that's what he's going to have to endure to go through a man who is, 6'1", 260 plus pounds in Wardlow. So the match wasn't that eventful. Honestly, it was pretty lazical for, I mean, a cage match. And for that matter, they they more or less just paid attention to what happened outside of the arena or outside of the cage. They really didn't pay attention to what happened <clears throat> inside the ring. That was a story-driven element, even though it was a story-driven element. The close of the match, seen Cody Rhodes climb the top of what presumably seems to be a at least 12 to 15 foot cage, and he did a moonsault off of, it, it, he basically did a backflip off of the cage and he hit Wardlow and was able to pin and pick up the victory and I give it three and a half out of five stars <clears throat> it was a great contest it was beautifully entertaining but like I said, they just paid attention to what happened outside the ring. And something else that happened was a callback to so many years ago. For whatever reason, there was a spot where Cody Rhodes had his head uh, positioned in a very vulnerable position, if you will. Because his head was outside of the cage, <clears throat> outside of the cage door. And um, they had Arn Anderson, who had the cage door at the time. And if you remember the Four Horsemen, which was Tully Blanchard, you know, Arn Anderson, uh, Ric Flair. Anyway, the, the Four Horsemen, and I'm still only able to say three of them. I call myself a wrestling fan. You want to know what the funny thing is? I did the same thing a few years ago on my YouTube channel. I could only remember three of them. Blanchard, 
Flair Anderson. But the point is that the four horsemen at the time Flair was facing off against uh, Cody's father and even though it was years later that they did this it's still sort of nostalgia you know for those older wrestling fans at this same time Um, Rhodes, Cody, Cody was, like I said, his, his head was outside of the cage door there and Arn Anderson had an opportunity, I guess you could say, to do it to, not only did he do it to Dusty Rhodes, Cody's father, but he could have done it to, uh, Cody, the son of Dusty. <clears throat> But he had that cage door, and it looked like that he was about to shut it on Cody, uh, just like MJF was, like I said, they were paying attention to what was happening outside of the ring, and MJF was like, do it to him, do it to him like you did it to his father, go ahead, slam the cage door on him, go ahead, do it, it was like, Jesus Christ, so what he ended up doing, Arn Anderson ended up, uh, pushing the cage door back and then it hit MJF in the face instead of hitting Cody because apparently Arn Anderson had done that previously um, to Cody's father so that was an interesting callback you know like even though I mean we could have seen that one coming because Arn Anderson today is or not today, but back then, was on the 2020 episode that we were just talking about, <clears throat> the uh, coach for the Nightmare family. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time that I have for you this week. If you haven't already, go look at them balls. Maybe uh, get yourself a pair of kaleidoscope socks. For God's sakes, people, just look at the merchandise. You don't have to buy anything. Just look at it. Tell me if my designs, you know, do they attract you? Um, do, do you look at them and then say, hmm, this look pretty good. I could use a coaster. You know, I could use a notebook. A dove. I still don't know what those are. Uh, you know, whatever. Whatever else. You know, maybe you could use it. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mocha. Yes, there is a copyright on that. This has been the Gut Wrench Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me. I'm going to get the hashtag out of here. And um, good night, everyone, and that's a wrap. Also, really fast before I go, just so you know, I was about to close the, I was about to close the darn thing. There has been complications with this, um, with this commercial that I've been trying to do.
just really quick bef before closing. And there has been complications with um, the new series on YouTube that I'm about to start as well. It's about mental health because if anything's important to me, not only is it professional wrestling, but it's also mental health because I myself have to be as strong as possible mentally in order to endure, um, the, you know, to fight the good fight, so to speak. And whenever I say fight the good fight, of course, I, I mean, there's a lot of things in this world that are out of my control, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But if that's the case, there's a lot of things that I can control. And I'm also going to be here to help all of you to control what you feel is out of your own control. So um, the first episode will be failure and how to deal with it. And not only that, but I've had some experience myself in failures. So I feel as though that that maybe makes me somewhat of an expert. You know, it's it's hard to say. <clears throat> Expert, master, you know, am I any of these things? The one thing that I can say is that where I've had so much experience with it, I know that there's just a lot of different things to look at. Not only is there failure, there's also depressions. Um, there's stuff like... Um, <clears throat> Just anxiety, um, you know, like I'm going to do a different episode on all of these things. Whenever, whenever like four o'clock in the morning rolls around, I plan on going out and recording these things now that I have the, the appropriate time to do so. However, something unexpected always happens that tells me oh okay i can't do it today oh okay i can't do it today. oh okay i can't fucking do it today it's not here at the house or for that matter anywhere else except outside it keeps raining and i can't record if it's going to rain or storm because you know i've got like no shelter and i don't want my phone to get wet <clears throat> so keeping that in mind I hope you all have a I hope you will join me in my journey to being mentally stronger if you feel mentally weak at times thank you all so much for joining me now for real I'm Mocha. This is the Gut Wrench Podcast. Episode 78, I do believe. For canonical reasons, I feel like I should say that aloud. Yes, 78. Good night, everyone. That's a wrap.